Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third-generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, witches. This episode is specifically for my entrepreneurs. I love all of you who listen to this podcast, but I just want to preface this. Like, I have never seen anybody talk about this. I haven't seen them talk about it online. I haven't seen them talk about it on a podcast. And I talk about this a little bit in module three of Business Witch, my signature course, which you'll just keep hearing me say again and again is coming back next month and I hope you join. But I just want to give a guide to it because it is so uncomfortable. It's like my least favorite part of business. I hate it. (laughs) And it's an inevitability of having to do work with other people where you are reliant on other people. And we're all reliant on each other. We live in an interconnected reality. And what I'm talking about is, you know, the really uncomfortable sides of business building that are unavoidable. So firing a contractor, for example, asking for your money back for something that you purchased having somebody ask you for their money back for something that they purchased from you, having somebody not submit a payment for services rendered, having to say to your first employee or your fifth employee, like, hey, this is not being done well, Uh, having to follow up with people who said that they were going to meet at a particular time or pay on a particular day, and they didn't do it. All of this is going to happen to all of us time and time again. There's like not a point in business where there this doesn't happen. I don't know if you're like me, the first couple of times I was in these situations, I had a really strong nervous system reaction to it. I was like really thrown for a loop of not that it was maybe I was surprised. I was going to say not that it's surprising. No, I was surprised and I often remain surprised. So that's not true. But like, I don't like conflict. I don't know you, but I'm going to assume most of you don't like conflict. And it's really uncomfortable to have to address the quality of somebody's work or to have to have an uncomfortable conversation. It remains one of my least favorite parts of my job, and it is also something that is part of all of our jobs. Whether you're a service-based business owner or a product-based business owner, you know, every restaurant has an angry customer. Even if the food is amazing, someone's not going to like it. Every album has a raving fan and a troll hater. (laughs) So sometimes in business, you hire somebody and you think, They're going to do a great job and then they do a surprisingly, embarrassingly terrible job and then you bring it up again and they still continue to do a terrible job and you have to terminate them. And I wanted to talk about this to kind of give you a frame of reference for a way to handle this. I can't make the negative feelings that you have about this go away. (laughs) 
Um, you know, for some of you, maybe you're a little, you're not a cancer moon like myself who like could, will spend a lifetime working on taking things not personally and feels emotionally impacted by stuff, quote unquote, quite easily. Like, I don't know if easily is the right word. You know, maybe you're just like able to compartmentalize this shit and be like, well, this happens and handle it and move on. And that's great. But I know for most of my clients, even if the emotional impact is not such that they're like, oh my God, how do I fire this contractor? Or how do I tell this client that they need to submit their payment? Or like, how do I tell this client that I'm not giving them a refund or whatever, like that internal dialogue, you know, how to handle those situations with strong leadership. My favorite business strategy related both to this, these circumstances that I'm talking about and like more generally is say what is true as nicely as possible. And I also do this, you know, in enrollment calls when people are, if you go back, one of the, the latest episodes I did was how to coach on objections like a human being and not a dirt bag. You know, if you're going to coach somebody around their fears around money, like say what is true as nicely as possible. I get, for example, I get the sense that you are feeling really nervous about this and that that is the predominating feeling over whether or not this is actually the right thing for you, that your fear is louder than everything else. I could be wrong. Is that true for you, right? Like that's the true thing as nicely as possible instead of, yeah, go think about it and be with your fear and maybe I'll never hear from you again because your fear was so loud and I didn't want to seem pushy so I sent you off into the night and that's that. And really it's the same strategy I use with my clients. Like sometimes I'm telling them something like, hey, I hear that you're feeling like this is the best option for you. Is that feeling rooted in fear? Rooted in fear of what might happen or your own bigness or, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. We all have a million fears that come up in our work and for ourselves. Like, let's explore if you're acting from fear or you're acting from your power as a practitioner. So really asking the people those hard questions. Now, I always like to preface those questions with the permission to reject everything that I say and say it's not for you and doesn't resonate and that I'm wrong, um, which is another kind of caveat of like doing things as nicely as possible while being honest. But with contractors or when you're disputing basically something that is a fact, right? So if somebody asks for a refund for a program and you have a no refunds clause on the enrollment page and their reasoning is like, I've decided I don't want to do it anymore. You know, you have to send an email that's like, here is the clause that was on the purchase page of what you signed and you deciding you're no longer interested in using the tools does not constitute a reason to be issued a refund but thank you so much for inquiring, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> anyway, I find my clients kind of go into freeze, some fight. I'm a, I'm a fighter. When these things happen, I tend to go into fight. And I have to temper that as well, right? Because we don't want to respond to these activating incidents from a place of heightened nervous system response. We want to respond from embodiment and care 
and clarity. Like we want to respond from the mindset of a CEO. So when things like this happen, the first thing I want to advise everybody to do is to feel your legitimate feelings without doing anything. So, you know, there was a contractor recently that I was like, I can't, I cannot work with you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to go into details beyond that because as always, like when I talk about weird shit that's happened in business, I think it's helpful to provide examples, but I'm not here trying to like cancel people for the quality of their work. I'm just trying to help y'all by having a frame of reference. And I find examples to be really helpful for frame of reference, but they did do some really interesting creative work for me and maybe just as a joke the day this podcast episode comes out I will post a sample of what it is that I'm talking about in my Instagram stories so we can all have a good laugh um, <laughs> so you know maybe come over there and and look out for that but I was just like y'all like this is not going to fly like I cannot I I was like is this a joke right so First, I was enraged, which if you go check out my Instagram story today, sorry if you're listening to this sometime in the future and you don't have the opportunity to see what it is I'm talking about. But first, I was enraged. And so I processed that. I was like, okay, this is not what I paid for and unusable and embarrassing and stressing me out because like now what do I do instead? So there was that <laughs> feeling. And it's so funny when my clients have had similar such experiences because I've coached at this point dozens of clients through like having to fire a contractor or send notes on something that like didn't go well or reach out to somebody who hasn't submitted a payment on the date that it was due and like address it. And I'm always like for them as for myself, kind of a grizzly mama bear like i'm going to protect you so so i'm like always careful to caveat to them hey you know i'm not responding as your coach right now i'm responding as your friend that cares about you that like sees that you're receiving something that is really poor quality and like messed up and that someone's taken advantage of you and so like first i'm going to validate by just saying what i wish i could say if like human decency and being professional were not something to take into account and that might be a really helpful strategy for some of you like i will write I have a hobby of writing, I should say, really nasty emails, like bitchy customer service response emails. If you need to do that to get your rage out, do that. For those of you who are instead going into freeze, like, holy shit, what do I do about this? This is embarrassing. What I want you to remember is like, you should not be embarrassed. You are not the one who did shitty quality work. You are not the one who is operating outside of the terms of the agreements that you create. This is why we create agreements in our business. This is why we have scope of work contracts. This is why we send our clients contracts. This is why we have refund policies on our sales pages. And this is why you want to think critically about outlining those things as a form of self-protection because as much as I love all of my clients and I love the people in my community and I believe them to be a high integrity people and we wanna take people at their word, like you just can't expect to do that, particularly when you're selling services or buying services to and from people on the internet that you've never actually met. So getting things in writing, it's not even necessarily like, this is not legal advice. This is advice CEO to CEO, like get that shit in writing so that you can refer to the agreements because the agreements will hold you. And they're also your frame of reference that like, 
honey, why are you apologizing for asking for termination of a contract where someone is in violation of their agreements? Why are you apologizing for not issuing someone a refund when they are asking for one after purchasing something that explicitly said that it did not qualify for a refund? You don't need to be apologizing. These are to the two things that I see my clients doing most often that they don't need to be doing in these kinds of situations are one, apologizing, and two, over-explaining themselves. You don't need to be like, well, actually, we did five or six revisions of this and it's still not working and I've given you X, Y, and Z opportunities and on this date and like, you don't need to go into the details. Like, say the truth as nicely as possible. You're operating outside of the scope of our agreement. This is not how I choose to do business. Thank you in advance for my refund. If I don't hear from you by end of day, I'll have to contact my bank about it instead. So just to recap where we've got so far, because I got a little bit ranty about it. (laughs) I should have done this episode months ago. Like this is something that it like hurts my heart to see my clients struggle with. And it also is such a fucking pain in the ass (laughs) in my own business. (laughs) But to recap, like, yes, having to have these uncomfortable conversations where you're addressing somebody operating out of their integrity is not fun. And it might send your nervous system into a fight or flight or freeze response. And you're going to want to do something to regulate and come back to your center, whether that is writing an angry email draft that you don't actually send going on a long walk, calling a coach or a friend and like getting what's on your heart off of your chest. You want to do that first so that you can respond from what I like to call CEO brain space, where it's not about your feelings. It's not about being embarrassed that you might be having to put your foot down. It's not about forcing somebody's hand. It's just about addressing what happened and coming up with some kind of a solution, period. And that's it. So that is basically (laughs) the first step, regulate. Step number two, get into CEO headspace. Now, my advice for this, we're going to be going into a lot in the workshop that launches again, if you're listening to this live tomorrow. So if you're in the present, that is the new moon in Sagittarius 12-12. And we are doing a Match Your Income to Your Impact free webinar where we are actually going to build out your business strategies to ensure profitability in 2024. And this tip that I'm going to give you is something that we're going to dive really deep into in the workshop. And that's thinking about the long-term vision of the business. So I want you to imagine it's three years from now. What's the work like? You know, how many clients are you seeing? And what kind of money are you making? How many employees do you have? How do you feel in relation to the work? And when you put yourself in that position, are you going to remember how uncomfortable this conversation was? And if the answer to that question is yes, which for a lot of us, the answer is going to be no. But for some situations, the answer might be yes. Or for some people, the answer might be yes. If you are going to be remembering it, I'm hopeful that the reason that you're remembering it is because it was really foundational in helping you practice getting good at having hard conversations, which is a fundamental job responsibility of any business owner who eventually is going to have to fire a contractor or a client or address like a financial snafu in your bookkeeping or whatever. Like these things are uncomfortable to talk about and our job is to talk about uncomfortable things, particularly if we are coaches and we're powerfully serving our clients 
to our full capacity. So if you are not going to be thinking about it in three years, like really keep your eyes on the future, right? Like you want to build what is best for the business. Now in the back in the present moment, you've future casted yourself three years into the future. You've thought about the long-term vision, the mission, what it is that you're building in the present, specifically if this is about a contractor that is like not working out, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to think about like, does dealing with this lower quality work and mitigating, because for any contractor you hire, it's worth noting that like they're going to need to learn how to work with you and that that takes time. So it takes probably a number of months. If you're hiring somebody like a VA, it's going to take three to six months for you to onboard them, train them, come up with a system that works for both of you about how you're going to organize stuff, for them to really understand how you like to work, the style of how you like to work, for you to develop some kind of rapport. Like that's going to take three to six months. Now, if you're hiring somebody else like a website designer or a podcast editor or a contractor to build a project for you that, you know, is a smaller scale project, max taking a month, two, three months, right? There is still going to be back and forth while they understand your style. Like the first draft you get of a website from a website designer is not going to be perfect. And the most important part of that process is honestly your notes on the first draft so that they can start heading in that right direction. Contractors do not read your mind. Like they don't know exactly what you want. And often you don't know how to articulate exactly what you want if you're like me and you're not a graphics person and you say things that are not the right words to describe a color or an aesthetic because it's just not your wheelhouse. So like actually aligning on describing what you want can take some getting used to. A good team will do as many revisions as it takes for you to be obsessed with it. They will be responsive to your emails and concerns in the interim, and they will give you updated timelines if things start shifting because they're not working as quickly as you had wanted because you have to do a number of revisions. You want to be in communication with the team about that, and warning signs to look out for are people being evasive, not responding to emails, not being specific or poorly organized about their responses, providing unrealistic response or deliverable timelines, and then missing those timelines, and then instead of taking accountability, adjusting the timeline and sort of gaslighting you and saying like, well, now we're just going to do this instead of acknowledging that they missed a deadline. All things like that are things that, you know, are warning signs to look out for that this might be a contractor or a company that like you can't you can't work with and i see my clients do this a lot and it's worth mentioning where you then become responsible is if you sit back and you allow those things to continue to happen without doing anything about it i know a couple of people and I'm not going to be specific about how I know them, but I know a couple of people who just even in the last year have told me about working with like website designing companies that said that the project would be done in a number of weeks only to not be finished in one case six months later and in another case literally years later, right? And in the time that that is taking where it's month after month after month after the deadline of this thing should have been done, the people that I'm talking about who were who had paid for those services were like really upset, internally freaking out, sending an email like, hey, sorry to bother you, but like, when are you going to finish the thing that you said that you were going to finish? 
Now, a CEO is like, hey, our deadline was this date. I need an explanation and a new revised timeline of when this is going to be finished by X date. If I do not have this by X date, I'm going to need a refund as per the amount of X as it is specified in our contract, right? Like a, a CEO does not have time to apologize for somebody else's mistake. They have the contract to reference so that there is no dispute about the terms of the agreement and they are not waiting feeling like I don't want to make them feel bad. It's like they should already fucking feel bad that they are outside of the scope of their contract. Why do y'all feel bad for them not doing their jobs? Why do y'all feel bad for that? I know y'all are people pleasers. That is not one of my faults. Unfortunately, I have lots of other ones, but I'm like, no, like, I said this to my my partner the other day. I was like, you think I'm a nice person. You should see somebody do B quality work and try to give it to me as if I should be pleased with it. <laughs> I will like, <laughs> I my assistant, one of my, the things that I appreciate my assistant most for in the entire world is she will take an email where I sound like a raving bitch and make me sound like a nice person. <laughs> so my work has been on like mitigating the instinct that I have to go into full on fight mode for my business baby or for my clients or for my friends and write a strongly worded email that does not actually move the needle because I have not been polite. The only time that you should really be using that energy is if somebody is refusing to give you a refund for services not rendered, right? So. I'm not saying like I was doing it perfectly either, but we need to find the midway point between your people pleasing where you're not reaching out at all or you're over accommodating and just extending deadline, extending deadline, extending deadline, even though it is depreciating the quality of your work and making you lose your sanity. And then me over here, you know, going into whatever the road rage version of strongly worded emails is <laughs> somewhere in the middle. And it comes from that CEO headspace, right? It comes from okay, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to connect to the long-term vision and mission of this business. I'm going to refer to the contract. I'm going to say, this is where this has been in violation of the contract. What is your proposed solution? And if I do not get the proposed solution in a timeline that I have then also specified, it's really on us, right? And I, I talk about this in coaching on objections as well. When we don't provide parameters, like if we're saying, you know, please get back to me at your convenience, and we might assume, well, I would get back to an email like that within 24 hours, the person on the other end could be taking a week, two weeks, not responding, and we haven't provided any framework or infrastructure for them to respond within, which is why when I send things like this, it's like, I appreciate in advance you getting back to me by end of week so we can do next steps, right? I appreciate in advance you proposing a solution that works for both of us. I appreciate in advance the accountability that you're taking for the way in which you've been operating outside of the scope of work. I appreciate in advance your understanding that these are the terms upon which you made this purchasing agreement and therefore they cannot be accommodated, right? So referencing your agreements, politely reinstating them and then providing a deadline, period, not complicated. Don't like make yourself crazy trying to do this and don't leave it lingering, lingering, lingering for months on end where your integrity then comes into question because 
you also are not upholding the agreements and you are allowing because of avoidance or anxiety things to just get by unsaid and that unsaid energy with a client with a contractor with an employee is going to create bigger problems down the road this is another reason why in my own client contracts if there is something that i feel like needs to be addressed i said this actually to a client today like you can always trust me to just say like it is. Sometimes that means I say my opinion and I have to caveat that it's not advice because I'm just sharing my opinion, but that you can always trust me to just tell you the straight up truth. And even when that's hard, even when that's uncomfortable, you know, the other day I had shared something that a client had said to me in a session and it really inspired me and I went and wrote an Instagram post about it um, and you can go see the post it's on my feed it was something along the lines of you know I told this client to share her truth and share her story and she went and she did that on a podcast and was flooded with new client inquiries and then I wrote a post about how that inspired me to be more transparent but I hadn't asked or said to that client hey, is it okay if I say this? Now you're listening to this back, right? And you might imagine like, oh, that's a relatively innocuous thing to say. I'm not like sharing any identifying information or personal information about her. I didn't get a text back from her because after I posted the post, I was like, hey, thank you for inspiring this post. And then she didn't text me back for a number of hours within which during that time I was like, oh, did I misstep by sharing something without asking permission first? And I went in my head of like, would it have been in more integrity to say, hey, I want to say like this sentence, are you okay with that? So I ended up, you know, following up and saying, I just wanted to flag that if you felt like it was out of integrity for me to post this without asking your permission first, I want to apologize for that. It felt like it was innocuous and like that I wasn't revealing any details, but I just wanted to make sure so that we could be in right relationship. And she replied a few hours later like, oh, I haven't been on my phone all day, right? Like I love the post, no big deal. But she's not representative of all clients for a different client that might have actually been an issue. And um, I just like to have generally the practice in my business where I am like either crossing all my T's and dotting all my I's in advance or apologizing and in taking accountability and engaging in repair after the fact. And if you can take anything from this episode, whether it's, you know, what you're going to do the first time you have to fire a contractor or tell someone they're not getting a refund to just like being in integrity with your clients, say the true thing as nicely as possible. It doesn't mean that people will be okay with it or even happy about it, but it does mean that you can stand by your work. And it's really, really good practice to get into the habit of communicating that way with existing contractors, clients, and employees, because you will eventually need it, even if you're listening to this in advance of needing it. So I hope that you can then remember it or refer back to it when those icky, uncomfortable, scratchy conversations come up in business and also in life. So with that being said, I love you all. I hope this was helpful for you. And I hope to see you in the workshop tomorrow. We are offering special discounted early bird access for Business Witch for those of you who attend. And we are going to go all in on creating and maximizing your business plan, impact, and income for 2024. So I will see you in class. Questions about this episode, slide into my DMs. 
And if you're looking for more and you're new here, the best place to stay connected to me is to head to www.karakovacs.com and subscribe to my email list. We have a free course that you get when you subscribe. We have free classes coming out all of the time. And I send emails every single Monday with more great information about how to really have ethical business practices. All right, I love you. I'll talk to you soon.